850 KFUO Worldwide at KFUO.org. We are the messenger of good news. This is the Midday Moments program. I'm Gary Duncan, and today we welcome back a very special guest at this time, someone who is a historian, a doctor, but most importantly, one of the four gospel writers, Dr. Luke himself. Dr. Luke, uh, hello, this is Gary Duncan here at KFUO Radio. Uh, boy, I, I'm... I'm so glad you called me back, Mr. Duncan, because I have just the thing for what ails you. Ails me? I feel very chipper. In fact, I don't think I've felt quite this good in ages. Well, really now, Mr. Duncan, it's nothing to be ashamed of. Many people suffer from MPB. MPB? (laughs) What is that? Why why is it that the victim is always the last to notice? (laughs) Well, but you obviously... Mr. Duncan, are afflicted with male pattern baldness. (laughs) Yeah. How did you know that? Well, you know, I just wanted to place the face with the voice I've been talking to over the phone. So I went to that KFU website you got there and saw your photo. And there there were the telltale signs of MPB, the, the thinning hair, the receding hairline. Yeah, I know. I need to have those pictures taken down, I think. Uh, Look, I appreciate your concern for my health, and I I know there are a variety of products available that are supposed to help grow hair, but I'm not much one for taking medicine. I'll just let nature take its course. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about an elixir or, or even an ointment. In my doctor's kit, I've got something much better than those things. And what might that be? I'm, I'm kind of afraid to ask. <laughs> uh, well, leeches. Yeah, you, you just put these babies on your scalp, and they'll suck the hair right out of your skull. Uh, somehow that makes Rogaine seem tame. Look again, I appreciate your concern, but I didn't really call for medical advice this afternoon. We're hoping to continue the Bible story we started last week. Oh, I was so concerned about your MPB. <laughs> That's right. I almost forgot. We, we were talking about the baptism of Jesus. Right. We're looking for your unique perspective on that event, but most of what you've recorded was not unique at all. You, Matthew, and Mark all share the same basic details. Jesus was baptized. The heavens were opened, and the Spirit descended as a dove. Or, or a pigeon. Oh, yeah, I remember that from last week. And a voice from heaven said, You are my beloved Son, with whom I'm very pleased. Uh, yes, yes. All of us gospel writers agreed on those basic facts, because those are the things that were most important to our readers. Why were those things most important? Because those are also the same three things that happened when we're baptized. Last week, at the end of our interview, you mentioned there was one detail that was unique to you. Oh, oh that's right. I, I, I don't know why the other fellows missed it, but my sources tell me, while all this was going on, Jesus was praying. Oh, I see that right here in my Bible, Dr. Luke. You wrote, when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying. Dr. Luke, why did you think it was so significant to add that little detail? Well, well, as I said before, because I think that our baptism is like Jesus' baptism. Uh, Like Jesus, when we consider our baptism, we should approach it with prayer. And I'm getting the impression you feel many people don't? No, I'm afraid that for many people, baptism is just some ritual to be performed. But for some Roman Catholics and even some Lutherans, it's, it's just something you're supposed to do to your children. 
for some Protestant denominations, it's just something you do when you get a little older. Uh, I don't think people realize what powerful changes are made when a person is baptized. As I just said, we talked about those changes in detail last week, but I'm not sure why those changes receiving the Holy Spirit and becoming a child of God would necessitate our prayer. Now, I don't mean to say our prayer causes these things to happen, but when you think about what's happening at a baptism, I don't know how you couldn't be moved to prayer. Sure, when you're baptized, God gives you a heap of blessings, but you're also inviting a peck of trouble. Huh. How would baptism bring you trouble? Well, as we've emphasized, when a person is baptized, he becomes a child of God, right? Yeah. So why would that be a problem? Because from that point on, the baptizee is now opposed by all the forces of evil in the world. Well, as Paul put it, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Or or as Jesus put it more succinctly, any man who would come after me must take up his cross. If you understand this is what happens when a person is baptized, how could you not respond in prayer? Is that why Jesus prayed? Because he knew he was about to face those spiritual forces? Oh, you can bet your bippy. In fact, immediately after his baptism, the Spirit led him to be tempted in the wilderness. And from then on, it would be nothing but struggle, all the way to his suffering and death on a cross. All done, by the way, so that our baptism would bring us salvation, or as is said in my gospel, open the doors of heaven. Let me put this in practical terms to make sure I understand what you're saying. When I bring my child to be baptized, not only is he becoming a child of God, but he's also going to make some powerful enemies. Therefore, it is only natural that I would pray for him. In light of that, I suppose, I would pray that he would be a good child, that I would be a good parent, and that he wouldn't have too much trouble in his life. Well, you can pray for all those things. Uh, It wouldn't be wrong to do so. I just don't think they're going to happen, at least not in this life. Although certainly such prayers will be answered in heaven. So what would we pray for at a baptism then? Well, I would pray that God would just do what he said he was going to do, that he would always keep the doors of heaven open for that little one so that someday we can be reunited in heaven forever, that he would give the child the Holy Spirit, and should that child try the Spirit, should he wander away, well, that God would be patient with him, uh, like the father in the parable who was patient with his prodigal son. Another story that is unique to your gospel, as I remember. I think that's the most important thing to pray for, that somehow God would arrange things that that this little child comes to know he is no ordinary child, that he is the child God has chosen and picked out to be his own. That's what I'd pray for, that God would just do what he promised to do in baptism. You know, Luke, we should probably pray that same prayer about our own baptism. Maybe that's why another doctor, Dr. Martin Luther, said we should remember our baptism daily. Well, that would be good advice. 
the truth is we often don't act, speak, or even think like we're children of God. It probably would be good to begin every day telling God we're sorry for all that. And, and then remembering it isn't what we do that makes us his children, but it's what he did. Jesus died on the cross for our sins and rose again from the dead. Then he gave us baptism so that we might know we are forgiven, that we have the Spirit, and, and that God is our Heavenly Father. We ought to pray every day that by benefit of our baptism, we would have such faith. That last comment brings up a question that has always bothered me. Well, what's that, Mr. Duncan? You talked about our baptism and our faith. Well, that's how Jesus talks. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. But that's what bothers me. You know, I'm a Lutheran. Oh, nothing wrong with that. Many of my friends are Lutherans. And as a Lutheran, we baptize babies. So it almost seems that by our practice, we are saying faith isn't necessary for baptism. Well, you obviously haven't been reading your Lutheran books close enough. <laughs> I know enough to know that Lutherans believe there, there has to be faith when there's a baptism. So how can we baptize babies then? Oh, well, I, I can straighten you out about that. And, and you don't have to be a Lutheran to understand. You, you just have have to believe what the Bible says. If you don't mind coming back next week, I'm sure we all like to know what you have to say about that. Well, I tell you what, no problem. And oh, oh, I tell you what else. I'll express ship a box of those leeches over for you to try. Uh, the first box is on me. The next week you can give your testimony on what Dr. Luke's leeches did for you. Uh, actually, we're kind of busy with the new year here, and I'm not sure I'll have time to try any new medical advances. Oh, don't be silly. You just stick them on your head while you're doing your radio show. Oh, I, I better get going now, though. Once people hear the famous Gary Duncan has tried my leeches, I'm sure that many others suffering from MPB are going to be flooding my phone lines. See you later there, Mr. Duncan, and don't forget to put those leeches right there up on your head. Okay, I think. Uh, but uh, make me a deal that if I try this, uh, uh, I get a percentage of your sales. We are the messenger of good news worldwide at KFUO.org. AM850 here in the St. Louis region.